welcome to the RSM MBA program podcast. Today, we are here to answer your seven most asked questions about our executive MBA program, the EMBA program. My name is Ramsey Singaling. I'm joined today here by Lida Dimitriou, admissions manager for our executive programs. First of all, Lida, welcome. Hi, nice to be here. Lida, you travel a lot. You go to a lot of fairs and open days to meet with EMBA candidates. One of the most common questions you will get, I understand, about the EMBA program is what does a typical EMBA classroom look like? What does a, a typical day look like if you join the EMBA program? Could you maybe explain something about that? Sure. Our EMBA program starts every January with an introduction week. And from then onwards, our students have classes twice a month, so Friday evenings and Saturdays. What they could expect is a classroom of around 110 people. Of course, we divide them into two sections of 50 to 55 students, so that is the maximum number of people they'll have uh, in the classroom. They come in on a Friday evening, they have dinner from 5.30 to 6.30, we have many different cuisines every time, so we switch it up. And then they go into their classes for their three-hour sessions. So from 6.30 until 9.30, they have the classes on a topic that is relevant to that part of the program. So for example, in term one, it might be accounting, or in term two, it might be human resource management. During the actual class, what they do is they discuss a lot. So they hear from the professor, they uh, ask their questions, they challenge each other, they debate. It's a very lively classroom, I would say. And sometimes the professors tell us that they don't even speak for 20 to 30 minutes because the students are so excited and so animated in their own discussions. The classes end on Friday evenings at 9.30. Sometimes people go for drinks afterwards uh, near campus and then they come back on Saturday for um, a full day of courses from 9.30 until 4.30. And I understand the students also stay in a hotel nearby? Yes, exactly. So we have uh, corporate partnerships with uh, uh, hotels in Rotterdam. The biggest one and the most well-known one we use is here next to our campus. It's called uh, Novotel Hotel Brain Park. And every year we offer special discount prices for our EMBA students based on the lowest available rates. Depending on how early you make your room reservations, you may actually get a room for even 40 euros if you choose to stay on a Friday evening. And in terms of the class, what kind of people can I expect to see in the EMBA program? So we have many different people taking part in the EMBA program. And we don't specialize in a particular type of professionals, if that's what you're asking. We have uh, people coming from the corporate world. So they come from all different industries and different functions from the corporate world. They come from the NGO uh, fields. They come from uh, the public sector. We have uh, doctors and lawyers and architects into the program, scientists. So the EMBA classroom, I would say, is def definitely diverse. It's definitely lively. And you definitely expect many different perspectives to be shared during the actual courses. What's the typical age range of the people that join the program? There is no uh, typical age range. The average class at the classroom age at the moment is 34, but we have people from uh, their mid-20s, I would say, with four years of experience that may be high flyers in their industries, up to people with more than uh, 25 years of experience that might be in their mid-50s, that have had significant management experience, including international experience. Of course, there's also work to be done outside of the classroom. And one question that always pops up in conversations with you, I understand, is how much time do I need to spend outside of the classroom? 
So that's a great question and it's true that I do uh, get that a lot. It depends. The average time I would say is 15 to 20 hours a week, but it depends on a number of factors. It depends on how interested you are in a topic, so in how much depth do you want to go into a, a, a certain reading material or uh, when examining the case study or what are kind of articles you want to read or videos you want to see about that topic. It depends on how familiar you are with a topic. So if you've never seen or touched a financial statement before, you may have to spend more time studying finance than a finance professional. Then it also depends on how smartly you work with your team. In the Executive MBA, we have a lot of group assignments. One key aspect of the program is working with your teammates to present that uh, topic in the classroom that the professor has assigned you to or to do a report. So if you're not an expert in a topic, then for that particular assignment, you may decide to take the back seat and ask, ask someone else in your team to perhaps take the lead and vice versa when the time comes for your area of expertise. So developing those smart strategies is key when it comes to the time that you actually spend outside the classroom. And of course, in the end, it all depends on your uh, professional and personal considerations at the moment. So for some people, it might be 10 hours a week. For some people, it might be 30 hours a week. It depends uh, uh, on your cognitive abilities as well. But at the end, a 20-hour average is something that you, you should expect from the program. So 20 hours, uh, obviously, is a lot. That does something to your private life and your social life. How do people typically combine that with, for example, family, which most of the people in our program will, will have at that point. How do they normally combine that? When we talk to our students during the open day, when we talk to alumni of the program during the open day or any other event that we hold, they say that time management is the number one thing that they learned during the EMBA program. So apart from anything else, they managed to learn how to manage their time effectively. That means that it is feasible, that means that at the same time, something has got to give. So whether personal time or professional time, you need to find the time during the week or the day even to uh, study and prepare for your uh, next EMBA weekend. Some people, as you mentioned, have families, the majority actually. In any case, all of the students have a personal life and things that they like doing and enjoy doing. So it's a matter of prioritizing. Some Students prefer to wake up earlier and uh, get their assignments done earlier in the morning and spend their evenings with their families, for example. Others prefer to study or do their Skype calls with their teammates after they've put their kids to sleep. Other people prefer to dedicate their whole Saturday or their whole Sunday to studying for the EMBA. Anything goes. It's a combination that um, only you know as a student and only you know what works best for you. In that regard, the most important thing would be to actually have these discussions with your family and your employer in advance. So manage their expectations as well. You won't be able to spend all the time that you did spend with them before committing to the executive MBA, but you may end up spending more quality time with them. Okay, so here's a trick question. Let's suppose I'm not a candidate looking for an MBA, but I am a partner of a potential candidate for an MBA. What's the best advice you can give to those people? Give them space and give them time to experience this uh, to the fullest. So uh, the partner support or the friend support is very important when it comes to the executive MBA. We actually do have sessions especially designed for the partners 
in order for them to also understand what their significant other will be going through in those 22 months of the program. Understand that they are going through an intense period in their lives that includes pressure, not only from work, but also from the university. Give them space to enjoy the fun elements of the program, to interact with the other students, uh, to go on the study trips together, to uh, enjoy the social aspects of the executive MBA as well. And maybe uh, ask the occasional question uh, that will show you how much they've progressed in terms of, of knowledge so that they can also share with you the new things and the new information that they're gaining in their own lives. And, and what's in it for them in the end? Are they getting back a smarter partner or maybe a happier partner? I think they're, uh, they're going to get back hopefully a happier partner. A big part of the program is the personal leadership development and that, uh, that aspect covers a lot of the uh, relationship elements that also relate to your family and personal life. So what we see is um, couples or families often coming out stronger out of the program. You just mentioned the personal leadership development program which is a big part of any MBA program here at RSM. As you know, I interview a lot of our students and alumni, and they always say that the PLD, the Personal Leadership Development Program, was something that they did not initially come for, but that is something that sticks to them probably the most after all these years. Could you maybe explain why, why it does that? Why does it have that impact? So the personal leadership development aspect of the program uh, is actually one of the strongest elements that, uh, that we offer, I, th I think, uh, as part of the executive MBA. For the duration of the two years you will be working, students are working on their leadership skills, on their soft skills, on how do they communicate with other people. A lot of things are discussed during the program. We start with who are you as a person, what are your values, how do your values align with your goals, and then we move on to other topics that cover your interaction with other human beings, whether on a professional or personal level. How are you perceived by others? How do you motivate teams? How do you work with the remote teams or intercultural teams? How do you manage conflicts? How do you deal with criticism? So either through individual coaching sessions or group coaching sessions or 360 feedback sessions uh, by their peers, the students get to work on all those soft skills that are very important when it comes to progressing in your, in your professional life. But that naturally affects also your personal relationships. You have a mirror in front of you. On some occasions, this might be uncomfortable and be pushing you out of the, your comfort zone. But on other occasions, it's actually very liberating because they end up, after the end of the program, they end up having more meaningful relationships, both in their work life, but also in their personal life. So let's suppose this all sounds very interesting, something that might help my career. There's always the tricky question of the finances. How do people normally finance an MBA, which is a considerable investment in your future? So we see lots of different combinations. We see people completely self-financing their MBAs, or we see people getting fully or partially sponsored by their companies. So for the people that do self-finance, there are tax incentives available at the moment in the Netherlands. There, are, there is also a Dutch government loan and, of course, private bank loans. 
And uh, last but not least, we also have some scholarships available, but that is for all students, not only for the self-funded ones. For the company-sponsored students, we have a variety of resources available on our website. We have created videos uh, on the topic. You actually have created videos on the topic, which are really, <laughs> which are really good. So, and uh, we will um, keep enriching that uh, database of information about how to approach your employer when it comes to company sponsoring uh, of your MBA. What is the argument that people most often make to get their employer? to contribute to a sponsorship? First of all, the um, immediate results. So the knowledge that you gain either through the professors or your peers is immediately applicable. You go to class on an uh, EMBA weekend, you learn about a new way of um, um, addressing a marketing issue, for example, and then Monday you can go back to the office and propose these new ideas or the insights that you gained, you can discuss them with your teammates back at the office. So first of all, it's the immediate applicability. Then, of course, it's the in-company project itself. So in term three, you will have the opportunity to explore a new business idea or a business challenge, something that relates to your own company and real problems that you're, you may be facing or new ideas that you may want to explore. So the company benefits directly from the innovative ideas that you bring back through the in-company project, through the expertise that you uh, have, through the faculty member that will be supervising it, and of course through the network of your fellow classmates that will also chipping in their ideas and their insights. So these are all very short-term, immediate benefits. You speak to a lot of alums. How do they normally see the benefit to their careers in the long run. Although we do mention some short-term benefits, the actual benefit of the executive MBA is in the long run. So the knowledge that you gain is never lost. Sometimes it may not be used at that particular point in time, but you may come back to it after three or four or five years or even 10 years. I've heard alumni talk about how 10 years after their executive MBA, they had an insight about a topic that they discussed with their fellow classmates 10 years ago during a meeting. They said that this was something that they definitely did not expect. And of course, the people that you're with. So the people that you share the classroom with are people that will also progress in their careers and their, their lives. They'll change countries. They may change their industries. They may completely change their functions. They will progress as life progresses. And these are people that um, you can always rely on. You can always um, rely on their advice or their insights when it comes to an issue you're facing a few years down the line and vice versa. They're friends for life. All right, I think we have discussed, I would say, the seven most common questions you get on the road. And to wrap it all up, I also ask you to prepare uh, a slightly more uncommon question. So uh, let's have it. What's the dress code like? Many of the, uh, of the people I meet think that because they're going to start an executive MBA, they need to be in formal clothing. So usually what happens is that you start the program wearing more formal clothes and behaving actually in a much more reserved way. But then during the course of the program, you become friends with your classmates. You have these informal chats or these informal drinks uh, on a Friday evening after the end of a very tiring lecture, for example, or a course. And um, you end up dressing up much more informally. I can only confirm that. Lida, thank you so much for answering these questions. 
Thank you, Ramses. It was really fun to be the first invitee in your in our podcast series. So thank you for that. If you have any more questions for Lida or about the program, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. Please do go to our website, look up the Executive MBA program, and you'll find all the contact details for Lida. Feel free to ask your questions on email or drop us a comment if you happen to see this podcast in one of our social streams, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible, or we'll be happy to set you up with Lida. Thank you for listening, and till the next time.